0: Hello, my name is Hubert Vermeulen, and I'm really, really happy to be a very small part of the very 100th tech podcast of bold.com Congratulations, guys, and on to the next 100.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Margaret here. For those of you who don't know, I'm the CEO of bold.com And we're here today for the 100th episode of the Tech Lab podcast. And today is all about introverts. And that's a topic that's very close to my heart, given I'm a pretty damn big introvert myself. I believe that we really need to release the power of everybody, including every introvert amongst us. So I really hope you'll enjoy this podcast. Enjoy. The problem uh, is very often the process
2: so there's a lot of things which uh, uh, you can do uh, in meetings, etc. that are fully inclusive. It's the person which is included that can make the change to ensure that those that are excluded are included.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the bol.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you, peeking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at bol.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce, and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers.
3: Yeah, welcome. Welcome. And to, yeah, what? Hey, this is uh, our 100th episode of the of the Tech Lab podcast. So I'm really happy that you're uh, listening. And uh, sometimes we're a little contrarian. So where you might expect that this will be a lively, world-going, enormous, loud episode. It's not. We're having an episode about introverts, and I think it's really cool, uh, and I hope you you think so too. So, uh, Peter, tell us a little more about it to introduce the subject.
0: Yes, yes. Talking about uh, introversion, it's uh, yeah, I think a very sensitive but also very important topic. Um, yeah, why? I uh, think I think if we include all people in 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 bold.com, but also uh, wherever you are. It can really add value for the for the place you're in. and everybody included means uh, different opinions, different uh, way of thinking, uh, better understanding of of things and each other. So I think it's really important to to be aware of that and uh, yeah to have a conversation about that. Um, I, I remember me doing a test in the past, uh, then determining yourself if you are introvert or extrovert. I was somewhere in the middle, sometimes I can be really. Uh, outgoing depends on the environment I'm in, but sometimes I can also be really okay with uh, being on myself, focusing, etc., and uh, thinking uh, before uh, talking. So I'm somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, let's talk with with the guests of the show, where where they are, what they feel, uh, what they experience, and um, Peter Paul, time to introduce them.
3: Yeah, thanks, Peter. So uh, we have three uh, guests on the on the podcast uh, today, and uh, like in Scrum, I'm doing the 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 hardest to pronounce uh, name first, so the most difficult task for me <laughs> first. So uh, we have uh, John Martinelli, he's a software engineer and Scrum Master in one of the payment uh, teams. Uh, we have uh, Sarah Grunigsen, uh, engineering manager, and we have Rina Tudari, an engineer. So uh, yeah, we're very uh, happy that you uh, wanted to join us. Yeah, let's let's. Start also to to set kind of the the base for this, Um, Sarah, what is an introvert?
2: Well, um, uh, an introvert is quite different than what a lot of people think an introvert is. Um, Usually people think an introvert is somebody that's shy, but you can actually be an outgoing uh, introvert or uh, let's say social introvert. Um, An introvert uh, uh, needs more time to process data in their mind um, before outputting the data. So um, where an extrovert has a tendency to think out loud, so they speak as they think. So um, uh, a good example of uh, an introvert and an extrovert is if you would be standing on a street corner with uh, an introvert and an extrovert, and you would ask for directions, um, the extrovert will give the uh, person asking about three or four or five different directions by the time that the introvert has formulated the best possible way to get from point A to point B. Um, Most likely the person asking will have already started following what the uh, extrovert has said, and the introvert doesn't have the chance to say what they have formulated in their mind. So um, yeah, that's that's the biggest difference. So uh, also introverts usually like a lot of alone time uh, to recharge their battery. Uh, where extroverts uh, get their energy from a social environment. So, if you're, for example, a social introvert, you need a lot of downtime after you have hung out with people, and uh, in order to, yeah, reformulate that energy that you've lost uh, in the social setting.
3: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for the for for the introductions uh, on this part. Uh, I was when we prepared this, I was really. Yeah, it was really an eye-opener for me that, that the difference between the shyness and the uh, and, and introversion. So uh, I was wondering, uh, Rina, do you recognize that also for yourself?
4: Yes, I do recognize and uh, the different traits that Sarah mentioned here are completely that I can relate to. Like for me, sometimes it's very draining if I am in a social gathering where people are just talking about some some random discussions going on and I have to participate in it after some time I feel like I need to get out of this because I'm already tired but then the opposite also happens like if I have not met some friends or some like some people in uh, two or three weeks I start missing that like I need to meet them I don't know what that kind of introvert is called if uh, the other one is a social or outgoing introvert that I'm not sure what the other one is but for me that is also one trait that I find important like to keep on functioning normally I have to meet some people to discuss something or just listen to different stories uh, not related to anything I do in my daily life so yeah both of them gives energy and both of them brings me out.
3: Exactly yeah because no matter whether, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I think there's still this human need for connection. Exactly, and, yes. and, the and that's
4: human one need. of
3: the
2: misconceptions. A lot of people think an introvert uh, just wants to be by themselves uh, with their dog in the forest, but actually that's a big misconception. Uh, you can have a, a need for social contact and still be an introvert.
3: And Jan, for, for for you, um, th- do you recognize these things or is, or is there a different aspect for you as well to it?
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here uh, with you guys, and I, I for sure uh, recognize it. And uh, those are good examples that both Sarah and Rina gave, and uh, I recognize it in my personal life. But I can also bring this topic to the work environment. So today we have uh, this balance in between uh, being remote and being uh, 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 in the office, right? So. uh, we need this balance uh, to uh, because we are introverts. And uh, one good example is uh, during meetings uh, inside the team. So it is very often that the extrovert person is seen as the successful one. But uh, whenever we are discussing something, we as introverts, we need more time to process things. So uh, I can give you a quick example. I'm pretty sure that you can recognize it. So uh, within a meeting is very often that we are discussing new things. And sometimes uh, we can put some of our teammates on the spot. So we can ask them to make a choice right there based on a new information that we uh, just knew during that session. And that can be quite difficult. So it is important uh, that we ensure that the the introverts also have time to process this information so we can uh, have a valuable output from it that's where the misunderstanding is
0: right that that you (coughs) that that we think that you don't know but but in fact you are still processing and maybe you need extra information before you can really come up with a conclusion that's that's where it goes wrong right in in and there can also
2: be another negative side effect at least i know for myself Is if I've been put into this unsafe situation more than once in a particular group, I start to hide. So I even do the opposite; like I don't make eye contact. I really try to not get called on. So I kind of disappear from the team, uh, where because I have been put in an unsafe space uh, in that group, um, asked to say something when I'm not ready for it.
3: Exactly, and what I typically see is then that in a meeting like that, that someone would notice that you are kind of hiding, uh, withdrawing a little bit, uh, doing stuff like that, and they want to include you, and then they ask you the question, and then you... It's like the, go, opposite
2: oh, no. is the, it's opposite the opposite it's it's the opposite of inclusion. It's the opposite ex- of inclusion. Ex- exactly, you're exactly, that's you're <laughs> really putting uh, this person on the spot and where, for example, I'm not actually that shy um, you, you may have seen that I'll come up with ideas in meetings and I'll be typing it slowly in the chat. And then somebody just calls out my name and I just want to uh, fall into a big hole. And uh, uh, the next time I make sure not to write anything because I really try to disappear and I try not to be seen because I don't want to be put into that uncomfortable situation again.
1: And this is quite overwhelming.
0: Hey, yeah. Maybe it's good to uh, so we we have some some great examples already over here. Um <coughs> we try to 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 define what is introversion and an introvert in in the preparation ceremony at which you, we had you you also talked about uh neuro, neurodiversity. Um can you, can you elaborate a bit on that one how that yeah, relates so, to this subject?
2: uh it's the the topic for me um is not just about introverts and extroverts um it's about different neuro uh workings in the mind. I'm actually uh, neurodiverse myself. Um, It's called intellectually gifted. It's a type of neurodiversity. And it means that my brain is high functioning in the way that it's all working kind of at the same time. So where some people, they they process data like uh, linearly, like one thing after another, I'm usually processing about uh, 20 things all at once uh, in order to get to the the last uh, element. Um, So... It's, it's about creating a space or environment which uh, is inclusive for all. So what works for introverts also works for neurodiverse people, but also in, uh, works for different cultural indexes. So there's a lot of things which uh, uh, you can do uh, in meetings, et cetera, that are fully inclusive, regardless of what uh, type of diversity you have.
0: Yeah, that's already a lot of information for us as well to process right now. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, yeah, so you say it, it's it's a combination and, and, uh, and a way to, to deal with uh, introversion, uh, can also help for people with uh, intellectual gifts and, and other uh, items over there. So, so uh, yeah, so, so Rina, if, if you uh, hear it like this in the definition, um, when When did you find out yourself in 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 working environments uh, uh, yeah, what what was going on and 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 uh, how to deal with it? What
4: was your experience? Um, so for me, I have always been, Told that I am a very shy person and I believed it. Like I thought maybe, yes, this is true. I am shy. I did not know what introvert was. So growing up, I always considered myself a shy person, would not speak up, but I had always like my own thoughts about certain topics, and I knew I was right in there, like right about those thinking that I had I had developed, but I would never speak up because I was made to believe that I am a shy person and I'm not supposed to speak up like that. So I never did it. And uh, same thing started when I started working like in IT industry, you have to present your ideas, you have to give some new uh, some ideas for the work that you do. And I thought, no, I'm not supposed to do that because even though I have something to share, but I was not really very open to do that because maybe I was feeling shy. Maybe I don't understand what it was. But uh, yeah, I was told by senior people that uh, we see less contribution from your side. You don't speak up in the meetings and I felt. Oh, uh, but again, uh, this is also because I come from India and there we have like this steep hierarchy. So you are not supposed to present your ideas when you have managers and leaders in your team. So this was also something that I brought along with me here in this um, country. So I thought, am I supposed to speak? Like, am I supposed to present my ideas here when my leaders are here or my manager is already in the meeting? So I realized that, okay, I need to learn a few other things. And I think I one day I randomly searched like uh, how to speak up. And that's when I realized that, okay, I can be introvert and I'm not a shy person because I always thought like, no, I have some things. share and i can share with some people i feel comfortable so it does not mean i'm a shy person and i have been uh like class monitor i would say so i had always taken up responsibilities of presenting things or doing stuff for the whole class so a shy person does not do that but that was always contradicting to me because yeah so uh while reading about stuff i understood that i'm not shy but i'm introvert i take time to process things but once once i'm done i will speak up with confidence and this i think with sarah i started discussing this and along the process i have seen the change in myself that yes i speak but i need a, i need some time to process i need a heads up about the meeting i'm going to attend so that i can prepare beforehand and i'm not just sitting there processing while everyone is just putting up putting out their ideas So for me, that a little preparation time is required before the meeting or a day before so that I can be contributing as much others are doing, I think. So that preparation time is important.
0: So, yeah, two two things, I think, uh, what what I get from this said, the first, the feeling you have, I think, uh, if I try to understand it, you have uh, have for yourself, uh, you you did your analysis, you have uh, great ideas, but you are... um, not sharing them eh, because you've got this label from the past uh, of, of shyness uh, but it must be really frustrating right if you hear other people talking with, with another conclusion that you think yeah that's maybe not correct or not the best solution is,
4: yes. is that indeed
0: frustration is that the emotion that get, comes with it when you're in such a situation
4: Yes, sometimes it is frustrating but sometimes again it is self-doubting like okay maybe i was wrong Uh, I need to reprocess my uh, understanding of the topic or maybe because, yeah, this also comes with the confidence, I think. Like, if you are a shy person, you are not very confident. So I would always self-doubt my understanding instead of doubting whether that person was correct in the conclusion that he brought in the meeting. So, yeah, so I I would say that I started self-doubting myself instead of correcting them there, and now I think I do that more often. I I put my thoughts there.
2: I don't know if it happens with you, Rena, but for myself, it's not even um, that I'm thinking that I'm hearing the stuff that's going on. So uh, there will be all of this conversation happening, but I'm still processing the data, uh, oh, which nice. was at the start yeah. of the meeting. So it's almost like I'm in hyper focus in my mind trying to come up with, and there's all this conversation going on, uh, which I'm not hearing because I'm thinking, and then They will direct their attention to me with this new data that I didn't hear because I'm in my mind, and I feel almost like, oh wait, there's now new data coming in, and I didn't hear that. So it's very, um, I'm not even thinking about if their ideas are wrong because I'm not hearing it. I'm, I'm some, I'm someplace else at that moment. Yeah,
1: Yeah, this
4: happens with me also. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's a good point that you, uh, you guys mentioned, and uh, whenever that happens, Sarah. Uh, uh, if somehow uh, uh, the situation uh, in that conversation puts you on the spot, sometimes you can uh, uh, raise your defensive uh, system. So then uh, it messes up with everything that you were uh, focusing on, right? So then you uh, probably cannot engage anymore or you cannot follow your uh, uh, lines of thought anymore. So uh, that's really important that we as a team acknowledge that
2: yeah and uh, you mentioned defensive uh, when I was younger as an engineer, I was told often that I wasn't confident, that I was defensive, that I had like these particular traits, but it was most of the time because I wasn't seen. so I or I was put on the spot, so i I would feel very uncomfortable. So I would go into defense or i I would not engage and I would look like I was not confident when actually, When I present an idea, I'm quite confident with it uh, when I get there. So I was misunderstood all the time, which then would frustrate me and then would cause me to feel more insecure. So it's really coming from a misunderstanding.
4: No, I was just saying I can totally relate to what Sarah just explained. Like I I also feel insecure uh, about my performance if somebody just don't understand or just don't give me time to process my ideas or uh, my thoughts and then present it. So
3: yeah, it is very frustrating. That also sounds to me like like there are diff- different mechanisms in play which re- uh, reinforce the self-doubt. Eh? So the, the ideas that you that you come up with in your mind aren't reflected by the or 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 uh, amplified by the people around you because they're working with other ideas. So so um, uh, at the moment they to you, ask you questions, put you on the spot then you basically have another part of your brain taking over instead of your your own doubt, because you're going into defense instead of being able to share the the beautiful analysis uh, uh, you just made. And and so there are several uh, mechanisms that that are reinforcing that doubt, I guess. Is that something you also recognize? uh, I see you nodding, so that's why I'm turning to you.
1: Uh, Yes, uh, uh, definitely. And uh, I think uh, one very important thing to mention here is that uh, a good first step is that you uh, acknowledge uh, this personal trait on yourself. So okay. it's it it starts it starts with uh, some uh, that you know that and you accept that because uh, well the society sees uh, introversion as a negative bias. If you read the word introvert. Immediately, you think about a negative thing and not a good thing. So, you need to recognize that, uh, well, that's not the case, and uh, you need to set boundaries. So, uh, it is uh, even more special now because we are, uh, well, all working uh, in remote environments. We have lots of cultures, people being hired from uh, uh, the entire world and uh, working together in the uh, same uh, workspace. And uh, most important than all, I truly believe that uh, a group is much more smarter than any individual. So you need to make sure that people are engaged in conversations because I can guarantee that the output of these conversations will be uh, uh, much better, uh, really. So starts with a self-knowledge, a self, a self a knowledge, a knowledge. so you need to know that about yourself. And something that I personally realized also is that, uh, well, I was very often feeling like that, but I, I started wondering why. I mean, uh, what's wrong with me, really? I mean, why do I feel so stressed sometimes? I mean, I do have lots of knowledge. Uh, uh, I mean, I trust my team, my team trusts me, but something's wrong. And that's when it clicked. Uh, The problem uh, is very often the process that your team is in, and not about you or about your teammates. So uh, uh, that's uh, when I realized that doing some tweaks in the process that we use for uh, having these conversations can, uh, well, uh, remove this problem entirely and completely change a conversation.
2: Yeah, and as as an engineering manager, um, I coach uh, people in my teams, and uh, some of the things which the more introverted people, when they would come to me and they would tell me what their previous managers—oh, my dog, sorry, sparking. Uh, Oscar, come on. <laughs> um, uh, what well, now? Now I've lost my my train of thought. Anyway. Uh, I had people uh, come to me and my teams and say that previously they were told from their managers that they need to speak up, uh, be louder, uh, um, uh, uh, be more confident, um, these kind of statements as their personal development growth uh, plan. And I actually kind of would go completely against that. And I would say that's bad advice. Um, Of course, you need to learn how to speak up and set your boundary uh, in that you need more time or... Uh, You can speak up to the scrum master or to your leader and say, I need meetings done differently, but no, you don't have to change who you are as a person. Um, I I see uh, these people as being highly introspective, uh, really deep, uh, having amazing ideas, usually a deep knowledge and trying to change their personality is the worst kind of advice um, uh, that these managers give these people.
0: And that's exactly I think why we are talking about this uh, this subject, right? That that it's not an issue with you as an introvert; it's an issue with the engineering manager in, yes. in this in this example uh, lacking this it's, uh, background It's it's the leader's
2: responsibility yeah. to make the change. So, it, yeah. and that's I think the case of all uh, diversity and inclusion. Um, you can't ask the person which is excluded to speak up for themselves and make space for themselves. It's the person which is included that can make the change to ensure that those that are excluded are included.
0: So they are talking about these examples. Uh, you, you said, okay, in a meeting, uh, you're, you're sharing ideas with each other. You're you're processing them. And then uh, you, when you come to a conclusion, you uh, and you get the, the chance, you you will speak out. But what happens if you... If you are prepared for a session, and for instance, you're going to do a presentation, so you prepare yourself, you have this presentation ready, you give the presentation, and that's very common in BallotCom, and then you get these reactions, uh, and uh, that's also um, yeah, we, we expect that you react to that again. But but then I think imagine can uh, a similar thing can happen, right? That you have to process first before you get to your to answer. What what what's the difference in in, in this situation? Uh, Rina, I saw you nodding, so.
4: Yeah, when you were just explaining the situation, I kind of remembered one from my college days when where I was actually giving a presentation and I was fully prepared for it. I had imagined all kind of different questions which I could have to like explain and, uh, and the presentation went well and uh, the professor just asked me one question that I had not prepared and I was silent there for like a few Seconds or maybe it felt like a minute or something and I did not know how to proceed. I knew the um, reasoning behind it. I knew the concept about it. It was some something from the networking class and I was just processing my answer, like how do I present it again like properly so that he understands, the class understands, and it took me a couple of minutes before I could again speak up. But I came with a very good answer, like a very clear thought and The professor later on told me that I thought because there were some other external guides there who would uh, mark me for this project so the professor told me uh, I thought you were going to say I will pass this because I don't have answer to it because you were silent for so long you did not speak up I did not see any expression on your face and but you came up with a very good answer and it was nice but you could have done you could have been a bit quicker but I needed that time to speak. I could not have answered mm-hmm. if I had just started talking.
2: And, and that's uh, about setting the boundary. So learning as an introvert to say, "I need time." Yes.
0: And it's it's already a good thing that he gave you this time, right? In, instead of uh, saying, "Okay, so uh, you know, I, exactly. I don't hear anything uh, and and, and uh, continue." But but then yes. yeah, the other thing is uh, what he said in, the, in later on was not so handy, yeah. so to say. Yeah. So, Peter Paul, I interrupted you. You had a question as well, I think.
3: What uh, of my thinking was, uh, when uh, Sarah also uh, talk, uh, was speaking about uh, coaching people, and Sam uh, earlier mentioned that, yeah, you have to kind of deal with this realization that you're an introvert, and introverts are considered bad, and I'm kind of praising you. as and, and so, so and that's just like getting like uh, like... Very negative feedback that you really have to deal with and, and, and see. The, so, you have to come to terms that that's, uh, that's a part of you uh, and that it's sometimes being put in a negative way. But that's, yeah, how, how do you support people with that as, as a coach? Sarah, that was really what I'm interested in because a lot of people can learn from that yeah. because it, it uh, yeah.
2: Um, well, both uh, Juam and Rina can uh, attest that I spend a lot of time with my engineers. Um, uh, I spend a lot of time to understand them as people. So we focus a lot on what are your values, what are your virtues, what are your innate talents. Um, uh, uh, we have different meetings like formulating your statement of commitment, uh, uh what you want to bring to the teams, what are the echo chambers you might have, what kind of mantras can help you uh through that. Um uh and to be honest, I really I, I feel like I, I really get to know each individual and I find each individual superpower and I try to help them uh, light their fires inside and uh, instead of changing people uh, I'm not a you, if you get a um, appraisal from me there's nothing on there that you need to be a different person it's it's more face on facts Th- this is the uh, um, value that you're bringing uh, Uh, these are the things that you're doing. Um, So this is why you're at this level. Uh, And these are the attributes that you have, which I really appreciate. And and when you learn how to use those in the best way, uh, we can make even more progress next year. So maybe Rina or Juam, uh, you've been coached by me. Maybe you can share something about how it is to be coached by me.
1: Yeah. um, uh, I I can share uh, my two cents here. And, uh, uh, well, I mentioned before that uh, uh, you have uh, uh, awareness of uh, your values, of your personality. It it is very important. And uh, these coaching sessions really help you to, uh, well, learn more about yourself, to uh, have these reflections, uh, and then to uh, literally put it on paper. It really helps you to think about that so you can... Uh, Think about the boundaries that you need to set. And, uh, well, I can give you one example. Uh, uh, One of my values is uh, empathy. And uh, I truly uh, value have a safe uh, environment for the teams that I work with. So if I don't find one, I make sure to create one. And I I can give you a quick example of a situation where uh, it, it is needed. So we were talking about a a meeting or some formats that uh, are common uh, both within and without uh, Bo.com. So uh, let's uh, imagine that we have, uh, uh, let's call it a conventional facilitation. So we have uh, 30 minutes of uh, uh, PowerPoint presentation uh, stating some kind of problem. And then uh, we follow this up with uh, a brainstorm that is not facilitated at all, uh, trying to solve that problem. So imagine that. I mean, you have you are 30 minutes staring at the screen, and then you have lots of stickies around trying to solve some kind of problem. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you can uh, uh, relate to that. And uh, what you will see, uh, first of all, is a weird feeling like, uh, oh my god, what's happening here? And then uh, followed by lack of engagement. So people will be discouraged to talk, especially the introverts. And uh, you will notice that the uh, highest position uh, extroverts will be talking. So I'm not quali- I'm not talking about the quality of the in- input they that they are giving, but you will hear the extroverts talking. So yeah, I mean uh, I'm almost certain that you will not achieve the, uh, your desired uh, uh, output from uh, from that meeting. And uh, there are some tools that we can use uh, to uh, change this scenario com- completely. So uh, one of the tools that I can mention, and uh, uh, Sarah uh, brought that uh, uh, this knowledge to us, and we are applying it every day. And uh, there is this tool that is called uh, liberating structure. So uh, a liberating structure is a sort of a, a, a framework to. Uh, facilitate uh, these sessions. Uh, It provides, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 33 uh, microstructures that you can apply depending on uh, what your purpose is for uh, that session. And it really aids to uh, uh, build trust, to uh, boost cooperation. And uh, uh, the real intention is to include everyone and unleash everyone so you can uh, collect all the input and achieve uh, the desired output. So uh, whenever uh, I I remember up to this day, the first session that I attended that was facilitated uh, by Sarah, in this case, using uh, liberating structures, and uh, it was uh, fascinating, really. I mean, a completely different uh, structure uh, of meeting. You have time to self-reflect, you have a structure that is pretty clear, so you know what to expect, and you know what we want to achieve, and we can mix these structures to make uh, that happen. So that's something really cool, and uh, that I use every day, even outside of work. And
2: even it's funny. Even outside of work. Yeah. It's funny how I I also use them with my children at home. Um, but uh, it's it's funny when you talk about the presentation effect. Um, I was in a manager meeting with a bunch of managers and we we're having the IPO uh, um, coming. And it was a presentation and they had uh, presentations and one slide after another about all of this information. And I was zoned out. I could not um, pay attention to the person speaking and read what was on the slide. So, I and I kept trying to get focus again and keep, kept trying to come back in. And I started to self-doubt and I started to feel like I must be so stupid because I can't follow what this person is saying. I, I, I'm i totally stressed out uh, in this. And by the end of the presentation, the guy, there was like a and a session, but I couldn't even ask a question because I didn't have enough time to read all of that input and process it and figure out what he was talking about. And then at the very end, he said something like, so now you're engineering managers, you, if anyone in your team comes to you with a question, you'll know what to say. And it's exactly that feeling that reminded me that, oh my God, like I must be so stupid. Um, Of course, I know I'm not stupid. I've learned that uh, now in my mid-40s and I'm actually highly intelligent, but in that scenario, yes, I look really stupid um, I, I because I just can't process data in the way that they present it. It doesn't work at all. So these mm-hmm. structures definitely help uh, for all different types. So there's not just introverts and extroverts. There's not neurodiverse and uh, um, neurotypical, but there's also visual learners. There's a... a, a People that need to hear information, people that need to see information, people that need to feel it, and these structures uh, um, unleash everyone so that they all can participate and they can all be included without uh, really excluding people because they just happen not to be the kind of person that can process data like that.
3: Yeah. Wow! Well, okay. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the intention in of the liberating structures is to to get more people involved, so you can really, really use the power of the group instead of uh, just uh, a few that uh, by their character, their traits, their whatever, uh, uh, just like to, mm, let's put it plenty, blur out
0: things and just go for it. Yeah, but, yeah and, and, and I think that's very good to realize that, that this example that uh, John d- described with this presentation and then the, the, the sticky session and this extrovert, uh, Putting a lot of stickies and, and talking out loud, that person might have the feeling that it was a great session, right? So that's important to realize as well that that uh, yeah, you should should be looking broader than that and, and realize okay did we really got all the information all the ideas uh, from everybody or or not? Um, I was I was thinking, Rina, we were talking about we, we talked about what's an introvert. Uh, we we had some examples uh, and, what, and discussed why it is important. Um, you you moved to, to the team of Sarah. Uh, you ended up in an, in an environment that was safe for you. So w- what was the most important thing for you that differentiates this environment from, from a previous one?
4: I think uh, in this team, everyone kind of understands that not everyone is same. Not everyone needs the same amount of time to process things or not everyone picks things up At the same time, like for some people, it is very easy to just listen to someone telling you about a technical issue and understanding it. But for me, it is when I try only then I understand, Okay, this is what he meant. This is how it can be fixed. So with this team, I feel I have that space where I can try out things and really understand I have taken more than like I have taken four weeks of time to just complete a simple story because I wanted to understand it properly and now because I have spent some time there now I don't need that time anymore I know that thing I have understood it in depth and I can try out different things now but in the previous team I think that time was not given that space was not given so it was like do it today and if it is not done today then tomorrow it's like you are not contributing enough so that's the difference. I think the enough time and space is provided here and everybody understands that, yeah, everybody can be different in processing things.
0: Yeah, yeah and we focused also, so so this is also an important one, eh, because we focused a lot of, uh, uh, on on meetings, on, on uh, sitting together in, in sessions like that and, and uh, dealing with uh, introversion versus extroverts, but do we have other situations in our way of working that you sh- should think that, that we can make a step in creating a safe environment? I
4: think for uh, just to start with, I think um, I have personally experienced this. Like when somebody ex- uh, expresses something about an extrovert, he is being treated like the star of the meeting or the gap. Gather- like, oh, he's highly energetic and you see the light on the face, the uh, the person who is speaking like he is he really admires that person but when the same person explains same thing about the introvert I see that oh she's an introvert like I do feel like I'm being pulled down already before I have even started contributing so anybody who is a team member should stop doing that if somebody brings so much energy in the team but not working as per expectations and somebody who does not bring that energy but who gives all her energy to the work, then I think both of them deserve equal respect. And yeah, I, I can see that on the face like, okay, I am being treated as someone who brings negative energy in the team and somebody who just speaks out is treated as a very highly energetic person who brings uh, everything to life, I think. So I think for just to start with, this needs to be stopped so that everybody and, feels respected.
2: And I think that is the job of the manager. Um, if you instead of labeling people introvert, extrovert, neurodiverse, neurotypical, uh, uh, this, that, uh, step back and just to get get to know the values of each individual. And um, I do a lot uh, in the team to teach uh, the team how to have effective uh, um, uh, conflict, uh, finding the, the common denominators, uh, um, being able to speak about your values and own your feelings and try to find a space to work together and um it's very important that people are treated like a person with individual values individual uh, traits and uh that they have the space uh, that their value they they their their values are honored and that's where uh that's how i lead So I I make sure everyone has the space and everyone has a quality, which is important to the team. And and let's try to figure out how we can use that quality in the best possible way, Uh, instead of focusing on, oh, this person doesn't do this or this person needs to change in this way. Um, uh, Yeah, it, it makes people feel more confident, but also, it's it's what lights their fire. They they become passionate. The the goals that they work on become uh, uh, stimulating for, for each individual and significant for the entire team. And therefore they are willing to stretch and make real impact. And so it starts with the managers, creating that safe space.
3: And to check if I really understand you, because I really do want to understand you, given that I'm also a manager, <laughs> and for the sake of the podcast, of course. So what you really are saying there, or, or no? What I'm hearing is that focus on the the, the the values of the people and and the and the things that they bring, and not on the labels, and and go from the from the their their strong points and try to probe these. Yes,
2: hundred uh, percent. Right? Yeah, and there's also a few small tricks that you can do. Uh, don't put people on the spot. Um, So, one of the things that I will say is if I bring up, uh, for example, let's say there's a sticky and I want to know more about it, I will mention beforehand, if I ask you about the sticky and you don't want to say anything, that's okay. We'll proceed forward. Uh, So, use your words, uh, inform about the the process, make sure there's an agenda, that it's clear uh, what needs to be done, and give people time. If people are not ready to make a decision, then that's okay so i even sometimes have meetings uh, because i have coaching sessions planned and there's some some people which need more time to do step three because step three might be generating a list so i will go with it and say okay how about i give you a day or two and we can continue this meeting after that so that's part of don't judge accept others create boundaries around what you need and be able to talk about your values and what you need and also honor others' values and when you start to create that environment within the team then everyone is busy honoring each other and it no longer becomes a thing like oh Rena can't contribute because she's uh, needs time to think or Juam is too uh, shy or something like that instead it's about ah uh, Juam has empathy so when we when we need that skill we're going to make sure to put him forefront because he has that skill uh, down down pat
0: There's one thing I want to add to what Peter Paul said, don't judge on the labels. But also what I learned now, that's my own bias, I think. I think what Rina said about... um, So it was about energy. So an extrovert shows energy by speaking out and, and you think that he's really connected to the subject. And what you said, Rina, is that you're also putting that same energy but it's in the thought process and in the subject itself, so so we don't see it, and that's when I realized, okay, damn, then I'm misjudging uh, as well, because I, I I for instance when I in, I'm in an interview, a job interview, hiring people, I also want to see this spark, I want to see this passion, I want to see this energy. But if that's in the if that's not seen, it, it doesn't mean it's not there, right? So that's a really good insight as well thanks yeah
4: yes and yeah. i have under, like i have also come across few statements like somebody who took interview and said that uh, yeah technically he was sound but i did not see that energy from him and i feel bad when that person gets rejected because yeah. what if he is an introvert and just not Putting all his energy out to show it to you, but he is thinking uh, the process the, about some other interview process that he has to go through, or what if he's thinking about the solution that he has presented already to you, and what if he's trying to improvise it in his head? Yeah, so I I feel bad when that such person gets rejected. I think.
0: Yeah, and and
2: the opposite. I- the opposite can also happen. Um, I uh, as I'm neurodiverse, uh, maybe I'm introverted in a different way. Um, I actually when you meet me I have a lot of energy I'm like uh, kind of the weird wacko one uh, the one with blue hair as you can see um, I, and so when people always just assume that I'm really good with uh, oh you can just facilitate this or just do this or you know because they see me as being really outgoing and I will try to speak up for myself and be like nope that. That doesn't work. That, that's not going to make me feel comfortable. I'm not going to be good. And they're like, oh, no, you just don't know yourself. You're, you're not introverted. You know, like they just, uh, so they make a judgment on the other way. They they dismiss me as a person uh, because I happen to be bubbly when
0: you meet me.
1: You doesn't fit in the box. It's, uh, exactly. It's so amazing, don't put yeah.
2: people in boxes. We're all yeah. different.
1: Yeah. yeah. And uh, speaking of this bias, I mean, we are... Uh, 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 giving focus to uh, the introverts in this podcast so uh it's also important not to uh, create the opposite like uh, create a, a state that the extroverts are uh, negative people and that they are not boosting productivity in the team it's not the case so it's important to acknowledge that bias and uh, to keep that bias in your head because uh, I think it all starts with uh, uh, with this step, and uh, for example, if we come back to my uh, to the example that I gave uh, to, with the presentation uh, followed by the, the sticky session. So, of course, we have I mentioned that we have 33 uh, uh, microstructures that we can use as tools, for example. But, uh, one very simple uh, thing that we can implement in uh, whatever meeting you are attending to is to use, for example, a, a talking stick. So uh, we, we now uh, are doing it remotely. So we have tools for that. You can use uh, well, stickies, you can use uh, trello boards. But if you are in person, you can like use a pen, use anything that you have. So, uh, because by doing this very simple <laughs> simple thing, uh, you are allowing the law of mobility to happen. So uh, whoever wants to speak will speak. And we ensure that everyone will have time to speak. So uh, And then just by doing this very simple trick, imagine the chaos of that session without any structure. You will already apply some kind of structure to it. And uh, it's very generic and you can use it everywhere. So, yeah, uh, I think... uh and what you
2: say about the bias against extroverts uh, um, that is really, really true.'ve I've had extroverts also in my team which have had the opposite feedback that they talk too much or yeah. they they interrupt uh, this kind of thing. And it's also the responsibility of the facilitator to make sure that there are moments which they know when they're allowed to speak and when they're not because it's a very uncomfortable for an extrovert to sit there and be quiet. Uh, when nobody else is speaking so it it isn't a negative thing that that's that's, that they're used to creating some kind of comfort uh, by speaking when other people are uncomfortable about it so if you create a structure where you explicitly say now is self-reflection time then that extrovert can feel calm in it like they don't need to speak up right now Uh, so it also gives them the space so it it really it's about being inclusive of all different types of people uh, and not just uh, uh, introverts Everyone has their contribution and their qualities that they bring forward.
3: They both need boundaries. Also the extrovert, because- Also. He, he needs to be set free from the urge to speak when it's yeah. silence, for example. And, and this it, it, is yeah. a moment where we don't speak and that's okay. And you yeah. just can't be there, don't speak. That's
2: exactly. The same, right? If you talk about people with autism or things like that, it can be very difficult to know when it's your time to speak. That's what's really tiring you have a tendency to interrupt people and you don't know how many times I've been told that I interrupt people and I work so hard and like trying to focus like is this the time that I'm supposed to come in is this the time I'm supposed to come in and it's if I'm focused too much on that then I'm not actually thinking I'm thinking about when it's my turn to speak or not speak and yeah. uh, if you Operating have on level. Yeah. exactly if you have a structure in place then I can also relax and be like oh actually this is now my time to
0: speak. So structure, structure, structure is needed. Okay. Hey, Peter, Paul, yeah, time-wise, uh, I think we're discussing a l- <laughs> lot of great topics, uh, touching on uh, on many different things, uh, all helpful. But yeah, we need to go to the closing round. So before we go there, do you have questions left? Yeah, so I, I was thinking
3: about combining the the, the closing round with, with a question like, uh, the, the closing round is what's your most important takeaway? Uh, but, but what I also would really uh I'm still really interested in what's your your like best uh, idea, suggestion to create a safe environment so if you could make around with that so what's the your 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 best tip to create a safe environment and maybe another biggest takeaway if you could make around uh, of this that would be awesome. So um Rina could you start
4: Yes uh, so. Like I already said, uh, to create a safe environment, it's just uh, don't make the introvert feel that they have some kind of uh, problem with them or they are different or um, they're not as good as extroverts. uh, Because uh, as soon as any person feels that he or she is respected, half of the problem is already solved and that person starts contributing already. So uh, instead of just, Making them feel like, oh, you don't bring so much energy, just tell them uh, what's your opinion on this one or uh, just ask them if you really need their opinion on something. Otherwise, just respect their silence. Also, I think this is something this I think this will solve half of the problems what we are trying to address here, I think.
3: Awesome. And uh, you uh, jump.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I have uh, many takeaways, but uh, I'll try to summarize it. So I think that uh, safe environment is very, very important. So we need to ensure we have that. And uh, this is sometimes uh, taken for granted. And I'm also talking about uh, facilitation of meetings. and. Attending meetings is one thing, facilitating meetings is a a whole new other thing. It requires lots of efforts. Believe me, it's hard work because uh, then you try to uh, take all those uh, factors that we talked about today into consideration to achieve some kind of output that you need from your team. So uh, pay attention to the facilitation. Uh, uh, This is very important. Uh, Also about uh, self-awareness. So uh, please uh, reflect on yourself, uh, set your own boundaries. Uh, If you have a hard time doing that, uh, ask help for your manager. It's really important to do this first step. And uh, uh, finally, now we are uh, more used to uh, working in remote environments. And uh, with remote environments, we have... uh, much more distractions than uh, the uh, when we are w- working at the office. So uh, if we are facilitating a meeting at a, in a meeting room or in a virtual meeting room uh, through Teams, for example, we have many more distractions. So that's when the facilitation plays even more important role. And uh, yeah, I think uh, these are the main points that I have to share. Yeah, thanks. And for you, Sarah?
2: Um, so individually, uh, know your values, um, and own your feelings and ask for what you need, if that's time, uh, if that's space and for those that are leading, um, do deep whole body listening. So that means listening with your eyes, mouth, uh, feet, brain, (laughs) heart everything, Uh, honor the values of those in your team, show appreciation, Um, and ask at the end of any meeting uh, that you have uh, where you heard, where you seen, um, uh, and ask how you can adapt and fix and uh, make it better for everyone included. Uh, The information's there. You just need to uh, ask for it. Um, And be open to it. And uh, on top of that, uh, I have uh, created a um, uh, Liberating Structures Immersion Workshop that um, I'm doing uh, within poll.com to help uh, teach people and teams and individuals uh, to, about these liberating structures, which Joanne mentioned, but I'm also providing it in the world because I want to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. So um, I, um, outside of bull.com, uh, I, I give this uh, free workshop just uh, because this topic of diversity and inclusion is so important uh, uh, to me um, that people start changing the way they think. and. Start accepting people, and not just accepting people, but really, truly appreciating uh, the values that we all bring.
0: You're, you're triggering one uh, a question again, Sarah. That this, oh no! Just <laughs> <laughs> a practical thing. You say at the end of the session and end of the meeting, ask: uh, Are you are you heard? Are you uh, was it okay for you? You do kind of a retro. Is it something you do one on one, or is it as part of the checkout round?
2: Um, I have actually a very special kind of checkout. Um, I I. I ask people, um, uh, let's say it's an online environment, Um, everyone is able to answer a few questions. And when they're finished, they drag their name to I'm ready for checkout. And then I do a talking stick. So for those that want to talk, they can drag their name over to uh, I have something to say. And I, as the facilitator, uh, drag the name to speaking. And for those that don't want to say anything, they drag their name from uh, the ready for checkout directly to checked out. And for those which are having to say something, they eventually will uh, drag their name to checked out. So the people which, verbally uh, want to share something can. The people that uh, uh, need time to write, they have the time to write something uh, on a board and nobody is put on the spot. So uh, it creates a safe space for uh, a checkout. Um, uh, I I can't stand checkouts uh, if I'm just asked to say something, especially if it's just some quick question. So I've made this uh, to support all different types of people. So um, that, that's the, the thinking beyond. There's there so many different ways you can do check-ins and checkouts. And a, a, a tip, one of the, my, if you do a check-in, don't require the, the person to call the next person's name. An introvert is so stressed out, and trying to remember all of the names that have been called and paying attention to the information, that they will not be listening to anything that the people are saying because they don't want to look stupid and not know who the next person's name is. So facilitator, call out the next person's name. You'll make it a lot easier for those in the meeting.
1: Thanks for the tip. No problem. <laughs> it's again another, yeah. Uh, yeah, another As you can forward. see, yeah. it is hard work, right? I mean, uh, uh, everything we do in a meeting uh, has a purpose. Yeah. So yeah, uh, when you manage to uh, uh, line up everything in a good way, then the uh, uh, output of your uh, meeting will be great and the team will be happy and that's uh, all we want, right? Yeah. Pe- and at the end you can out? always
2: say it, at the end you can always say if you haven't had a chance to say what you need to say in this meeting, I'm always open for a one-on-one. So
0: Can people uh, um... Uh, approach you and 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 sit together with your meetings uh, as a fly on the wall to see how those uh, meetings go and, and learn or is it then uh, reach out to you Sarah and and ask for this liberating structures uh, sessions?
2: Well um, I'm I most of the time I, I, I've been asked very often if I would record trainings or if I would uh, do this type of thing and because I focus so much on safety um, I don't do say, that. Yeah. Um, uh, For me, it's really important that the um, people in uh, my teams or in uh, the meeting environments I create, they feel really safe within the boundaries of that. And if you start inviting flies in the wall, um, it can actually uh, throw off the balance. So I I would say it's better to uh, maybe ask uh, someone like me to facilitate a meeting of yours to help uh, um, you uh, in your first step or attend an immersion workshop, attend meetups, uh the the liberators online uh also have some kind of um a discord channel where they're chatting about these topics uh there's a lot of ways that you can learn
1: great
0: yeah
1: and hey, we, we, we are happy to share some knowledge as well so yeah feel free job. to reach out to us <laughs> yeah right Hey, thanks yeah
0: uh, as a facilitator I did a bad job uh, we ran uh, out of time uh, <laughs> enormously but I think the, the the subject and and everything was really virtual uh, uh, John uh, Sarah and and Rina thanks for your um, your stories your examples uh, your your vision on, on stuff and I hopefully we get the people start to think about uh, their own teams their own roles, positions uh, and way of working etc and um, yeah Let's make it a more inclusive uh, world. Thanks for your time. Thank what you for pleasure. including
1: us. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for TechLab, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions. So if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn or mail techlab at bol.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.